Thank you for listening to this episode of Courtside Indiana Podcast. Please hit the subscribe or add button on your podcast app to get them delivered straight to your phone, tablet, or desktop. As always, we'd appreciate our rating and review. And you can reach us directly on our Courtside Indiana Twitter at CourtsideIND. Welcome to Courtside Indiana Podcast. This is Jim Reamer. Joined by the normal crew, Dominique Neely, Zach Tyler, Tyler Staley. Gentlemen, how were sectionals last week? Fun. Snowy. Crazy winds. For all one-word answers. Dominique, your mic working? Nope, it's not. Uh Uh-oh. Change your settings. Your problems with his problems. Yeah, I know. For the record, <laughs> for those listening, we we had a little uh, misstart. We had to start over. We were, we am were I, am I back? There we go. Back. Like my whole system shut down. I lost internet. TV was out. And then all of a sudden, st- stuff started moving again. But by then, I had already logged off and started over. So. We uh we, we got to do a normal pod today. We got we did our we're gonna do a regional pick 'em later this week. This so this is we're recording this Tuesday night. Sectionals are finally over thanks to weather, and uh, we're gonna get to some of the some of the games and players and teams that we normally discuss. First, we got to do a recruiting update. I don't. It feels like it's been forever since we've done a recruiting update. Forever. Did you see the what I sent, Zach? Yeah. In our in our Slack, you want to you want to get that and read it, or do you want? I got it. I got it. Yep. I All was right, looking cool. at a couple other things too. Sorry. I think there's right. a couple that haven't been added yet, right? Here in the last. <clears> yeah, so we'll probably miss some people. Sorry. Um, we'll get them see. next week. Um, Joey Garwood of Penn, trying offer. Joseph Anon from Pike Franklin offer. Let's see. We'll save Sabian for later. Devon Woods from Pike, IU Kokomo, Anon from Pike also got a Kokomo offer. Uh, save that commitment also. Let's see. Diallo, that's uh, Reamer's guy from Brownsburg. A couple Crossroads League offers from St. Francis and Marion. Uh, Lucas Balling picked up a Calumet St. Joe offer. He's a Marquette Catholic kid. Desmond Briscoe. Iowa offer 2025 from Attics. Monte Smith from Fort Wayne, Wayne, a Glen Oaks offer. Jordan Green from Northside in Fort Wayne, IU Northwest offer. Uh, Chiron Kawapiki, Kawapiki, sorry. Kawapiki. Kawapiki. <laughs> Jeez, I can I'm never on get it. that. I'll I'm never on it. get that. He picked up a Goshen offer. Uh, what did I, I skipped a couple, right? Uh, Sabian Kane. From university, got an Arizona State offer. He's 2024, who's come on the scene recently. And then Tyler Myers from Evansville Day School, committed to Evansville. We've also missed some Dalman Alexander actions. He's a Northrop guy. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see, Albion, Glen Oaks, IU Northwest. I think those are the ones we missed with him. Those JUCOs, trying maybe trying. I think. Oh, maybe. trying's I not know. a JUCO, obviously. Yeah. No. Glen Oaks JUCO, IU yeah. Northwest NAI. That's right. Albion D three. Kyler, are we surprised? 
I say we, I guess I'm just asking you, are you surprised that uh, the Arizona State hopped in first on Sabian? Yeah, I think from a first offer, um, first Division One offer, you know, an out west school, I mean, it seemingly came out of nowhere. Um, I don't really know the relationship that, you know, Sabian had with the, the coaching staff there, but I, I would have thought maybe like an IUPUI offer, you know, a low Division One um, offer would be kind of the first ones that he would get, but I mean, I mean, once like a school like that starts offering, you know, probably the flood, the floodgates might open up a little bit. I mean, he's one of the biggest, like, I don't know, I guess stock risers in the state. I mean, had a really mm-hmm. good ball league and he's just been playing great all year. And um, I'm really curious to see how he plays in the summer. Um, see if that kind of rise continues with him. Yeah. I think that's the, it came out of nowhere. I think that's the big thing. Like no, not even a sniff. And, and you know, if you're talking about, I guess sometimes there's precursors, right? Visits, visits to campus, schools visiting. I don't know that the Arizona State was on at university to watch him play. Uh, I mean, stuff like that kind of matters. There is a Midwest connection to that staff. Nick Irvin is one of their assistants coaches. He is uh, formerly of Mac Irvin Fire. Uh, that's I believe that's his father's program. Uh, legendary AAU figure up in Chicago. Uh, who has passed away in the last few years. I, I apologize to for not knowing exactly when or approximately when, but it has definitely been in the last few years. And, you know, they've, they've put a lot of talent up there. And I think, you know, they they duke it out with Mean Streets and the Nike side. They duke it out with, with Illinois Wolves and the Under Armour side. But uh, I don't know who the Adidas equivalent would be up there. I can't remember, but... But, you know, Mac Irvin Fire has – you. if you dig dig a little bit in research, you'll find a lot of NBA guys have come through that program. Um, so they have that, – that's – isn't that – is that where Burton, Burton played for them this past summer, didn't he, Zach? Don Correct. Me? Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I mean, they have dipped down into Indiana. And I'm not saying – I don't know that that's who Kane's playing for. There's, there's a little bit of a logical leap in that he might now play for them. Um you know, when the uh, the son of the founder decides to give you, you know, is, isn't part of giving you a scholarship offer, sometimes that tends to, I, I'm sure at some point Nick Irvin's telling his people in Chicago, this kid's good enough. Um, I mean, I, I, I definitely saw him as a Division One player. He was molding into that, or he was rounding into that coming into this season. Um, obviously, Kyler thinks so, because, you, you know, we both thought that, he would get some sort of a, a lower D one offer to start and, and then see how he played this summer. Dominique, you guys, Zach, you've seen him on stream or, or yep, you, yep. any thoughts or just not good enough opportunity to evaluate. Yeah. I, I hate to say anything just by watching stream. I mean, yeah. obviously he looked, he looked good enough on stream, the quick first step and athletic getting to the basket. But, but that's about all I want to say with just watching stream. Dominic, anything? Yeah, seen him on stream. I think he's skilled. You know, he's I've seen him hit shots from the perimeter and get, you know, to his spots off his dribble too and pull up and finish at the rim. So he looks looks like he's skilled, three-level score. And, um, yeah, like I said, he's definitely kind of came onto the scene here as of, as of recent or as of this year. So excited to see him keep, keep improving. Saw him played – earlier in the year against Park Tudor during the regular season game. And he, 
He was doing some things that game that I hadn't seen, which was shooting, you know, contested shots over defenders. Of course, that's redundant, but shooting contested shots, hitting contested shots, and not just not just coming down off the dribble and shooting. Talking about coming off screens, um, even even if it's just ball screen, being a movement shooter over you know over a defender. That's just that's tough to do and. I know it was definitely a, a great game for him, and and Park Tudor does certainly pose, you know, certainly poses athletic challenges for any team. Um, so the, it was it was impressive. I still, I mean, again, you right. We we have this conversation a lot. Somebody can we can think a kid's good and, and question. Okay, well, does he fit there at that level? I, I guess we'll have to see how the rest of how the rest of summer goes. Obviously, Park Tudor. Got a little bit of revenge in the sectional, um, but um, no, I mean, I I definitely felt like he was he was a Division One candidate, just like Kyler said, the timing of it. But I, th- I think this summer, I think this summer will tell a lot, especially if he's going to play like at a level of a EYBL circuit, um, something like that. You see how he matches up with that kind of talent at you know a high major Power Five level. Yeah, it will be interesting to see who he plays with this summer. He, I know he's undecided, um, you know, so it'll be interesting to see where he lands. Their season is over, uh, certainly sooner than what they wanted, um, right? Yeah, Park Tudor, yeah, same, yeah. Yep. I have to, for some reason, I feel like I have to double, like I've all of a sudden forgot myself. Um, so he'll be, that's kind of next, probably next on his agenda other than whatever homework he might have this week. Anything else in that list? Any, anybody? I like uh, Devin Woods. I watched him a little bit this week and um, man, he's super quick. Um, gets into his jumper. It kind of gets wherever he wants on the court. It seems like at this level it was hitting his shots. Um, I would think just maybe, maybe his size, keeps him from getting higher offers i would assume mm-hmm. seems like he's a little a little smaller you know as far as like we're talking about a division one point guard right um but but yeah I, I really was impressed with him this week i've seen him before but just watched a couple of pikes games this week and really really like his game the myers commit to evansville as a preferred walk-on spot uh desmond briscoe iowa what's what's he got to do to to definitely be a Big Ten guy, probably shoot it more consistent, right? From face up and shoot and be more consistent that way. Yeah, yeah, maybe be a little bit more quicker. I would think. I mean, it looked it looked great against North Central, even though they got beat uh, d- during the regular season. Uh, he certainly took it to Cathedral the first time they played. And I and I thought Kyle, I thought uh, Dominique the against North Central. He, he I think he looked. I don't remember how well he shot it from the outside, but he it looked like he was tracking that direction. Yeah, he is he is a four. I mean, he's going to have to play a four in that in the Big Ten. He's six seven. Um, I you know, what what Kyler? What is Malik? How tall is Malik Renu? Oh, six nine. I want to say legit six nine. I mean, we're assuming Briscoe's a legit six seven. Not that everybody doesn't fudge uh, an inch. 
looking I'm looking at Malik to make sure. So that, I mean, he, that Briscoe a pick and pop kind of guy or we think he's tracking in that direction, at least being able to be, you know, at least being able to. Right. Yeah. Malik six nine confirmed. I mean, even if they I mean, even if it's like what Race Thompson would, would be for Indiana. You know, that's that may be the kind of player he could be. Which, you know, Race is a high IQ guy who up until this year has been a pretty consistent performer. And the only thing hurting him this year is injury. Um, it, it seemed like he's battled through a lot of different things this year, but but always been a great tandem with with Trace Jackson Davis. You know, the, the question with Indiana not getting not to go down that rabbit hole, but the question with Indiana the last couple of years has been perimeter shooting, which they've gotten more of this year, and and as a result, they're winning. Um but yeah, I mean Briscoe, I, I loved his motor. He just he doesn't quit working. And he he's coachable. He he definitely takes instruction. He definitely can take a, a butt chewing. Uh, you know, I've seen that. And, you know, Hawkins does a great job with him. And and I like that he hasn't, you know, pigeonholed him just because there's probably some games where Bisco can just dominate inside on, on a high school schedule. You know, they play a good enough schedule that it wouldn't necessarily be every game. But then you saw how he, he played the first game against Cathedral. He was he was the, the, the alpha, so to speak, in that game, the first game. I don't know what happened in the section. I didn't see that one. <laughs> that had to be a, a that had to be a, a butt kicking right from the beginning. Is he elite? Yeah, he is. Yep. Any other standout? I mean, I like that Jordan Green's getting offers, even though he's hurt. That's good. I mean, I'm that's yeah. I'm happy for him. <clears throat> Yeah, absolutely. Definitely good. Uh, I mean, that's, I mean, nothing, everything else is kind of. Diallo getting some uh, NAI stuff now. Yeah, the, the GLV or the, the uh, Crossroads League starting to get more involved with him. I mean, they should. He's, he's a little bit of a tweener. When his jump shot's going, he's good. Um, when it's not going, sometimes he can fade. Um, but he's. Um, the more he can play a three, the the more effective he'll be. And I, I think he's capable of guarding it. For, well, he's definitely capable of guarding it. I'd, I'd be interested to see if he could guard twos at that level. He certainly is athletic enough to do it. Uh, but, you know, that's just something that um, he's going to have to, he's going to have to prove, uh, you know, more consistently. But, you know, he's going to be able to get, get stuff even on Brownsburg schedule just because of his athleticism. And I don't I don't know that the the Crossroads League's that much more athletic than, than the big schools here in central Indiana. I mean certainly they're that you know they don't like I mean it's not a talent issue, but I just the athleticism that Brownsburg has to play on a regular basis is is pretty top pretty top notch. Uh, did we have any? I mean, we talked a little bit about some topics to discuss. We want to tackle this distance issues for regionals. 
Anybody got any thoughts on that? Every year it seems like when the regional draw. So this so this year obviously the HSA swapped out their their format. There's 32 regionals instead of 16, so that means there's more options. Wait, 16 regionals instead of eight. Is that right? Yeah, 16 regionals instead of eight. Um, there's, well, 16 regional locations instead of eight. So there's more opportunities to get better, closer drives, which has been, which has been some of the complaints, but still they've managed to have some teams travel pretty far. For example, Greensburg has to travel to almost two hours and 45 minutes to Washington to play or two and a half hours. You've got Newcastle somehow is a North regional. I mean, they're certainly North of the line, but they are as far South as you can get while still being North of the line and twin lakes, Bishop Dwinger and Peru all have to travel to Newcastle. Delta is the closest. Of course, it's just up the road. Peru is is probably an hour and a half away. Dwinger is probably an hour and a half away. Twin Lakes is probably close to two and a half hours away. Uh, Lebanon, which is further north than Newcastle, somehow is in the south. Um, and you know, Beach Grove and Indian Creek isn't super close. I mean, yeah, Beach Grove is not too bad. Indian Creek's not super close to Lebanon. Danville, Garen Catholic, both pretty close. Beach Grove's about an hour away, maybe a little closer. Um, but Greensburg to Washington's kind of outlandish. Uh, 2A, no real issues there. 2A, in, I'm sorry, 2A, LaPel, no real issues. Greenfield, no real issues. Uh, Park Heritage has to travel all the way from almost the Illinois border to Greenfield. Um, Southridge, not too bad there. 1A, I mean, any of these, I mean, any solutions? I mean, I've got one, but I mean, I've got an idea. I don't know that I that it's a definite solution, but well, I, I don't guess have none, of, none of us just really care, right? I mean, <laughs> I would be, be blessed that you're even playing in the regional. There's that. So there's a yeah. topic. On, there's a topic on Harold. I know Dominique's on there more than you. You other two guys are. He and I are both on there. And my what did I, what did I put? I did some. I said something. Hold on a second. Let me, let me go find it here real quick. Let's be make for great audio. So I mean, what you Kokomo would be a good spot, obviously in the north. Even well, though that's it's not, the, I mean, that's the, it's four A. That's the issue. The issue is Marion. Is that easier? You've got all these schools. You have all these schools that, um, with large gyms that, especially at the four A level, that are in sectionals together. And only one of them can come out, you know, or maybe only a couple of them can come out. Like you know, for example, you've got in one sectional, you got Logansport, Lafayette, Jeff, and Kokomo. Well, Logansport certainly has proven they're willing to host, uh, but and Lafayette Jeff hosts a semi-state, or at least they have. I assume they still will this year. I haven't looked. Um, some schools, 
don't want to host at all unless they know that their team is going to play. And since you can't guarantee that, they just they drop out. And then some schools don't want to host multiple weeks like a Logansport, like a Lafayette Jeff. I shouldn't say that they don't want to, but it, it, it seems like they don't. Like, you know, Lafayette Jeff could easily host a, a sectional and a semi-state. Um, I'm sure the ITSA is proud of them into hosting a semi-state because of, ge- you know, for geographical reasons. It's bigger than Kokomo. It's bigger than Logansport. Seymour and, and Washington seems to be the two places that will host anything. But again, I'm, I'm guessing the IHSA has asked them politely and given probably provided a little bit of an incentive for them to do it for, for geographical reasons. Um, Newcastle, of course, they're just used to hosting things. Uh, what was my... Uh... So what what's the biggest, like, I, I've seen some talk about it. I honestly haven't even looked into it or read anything. But what's the biggest, like, complaint? Is it the fact of, like, driving that far? Like, because, I mean, I'm assuming most schools, or if not all, are getting a hotel Friday night and practicing Friday night. And yeah, it's then... definitely not about the schools. So is it the fans schools. getting there? Oh, yeah. Well, of course. And it's, yeah. it's, it's, it's actually truly a non-issue. It just comes up every year. It's like somebody wrote death taxes – and this topic all come once a year or it says taxes, Christmas, and this topic all come once a year. My advice was maybe the teams that with that farm drive should consider losing in the sectional. <laughs> You'll quit go. winning. And tell, also like, tell Aaron yeah. Wolf, Aaron, trust me, Aaron Wolf never complained about going to Newcastle. Tell Aaron Wolf <laughs> quit winning damn sectionals. <laughs> it's also, I mean, if you're a fan year, complaining about it. it, if you're a fan complaining about it, you don't have to go. You don't have you to go. You, there's plenty of options. You could save money buying a live stream if you really wanted to do that. And of course, nobody wants that. But nobody wants that from a you know from a ticket selling perspective. But it's look, it's the weekend. It's what did regionals used to always be used to be 16 regionals it's it's back to 16 regionals in, in the single class days it was 16 regional locations and then now we're back to that we're back to 16 regional locations i never saw the ihsa mention that in any of their logic of going to this format but but that's one of the benefits is that here we now we now have more regionals so we should have fewer travel issues but yet here we are with still some travel issues so i've got one idea that actually isn't that big of an idea. It's just the stealing it from the old, from the semi-states that we've had the last few years. You don't have to tie these regionals together by class anymore. Now that they're no longer separate tournaments, you know, in the past they've been four, four team tournaments, two games. Now they're just one game. So now you can have the Carmel regional could go to the Lebanon or the Carmel sectional winner could play the Kokomo sectional winner at Lebanon. You know, they can wait and draw it. You know, they can draw out the locations later. Just like they do, just like they did the semi-state for however many years. Right. That's that a pretty could, good idea. I mean, that could alleviate some of it, but then that's not even an idea. That's just an extension. You know why? I don't know why the HSA didn't think of that. Um, because they yeah. they never did tie the semi states together under this class basketball, 
Right. They they flip flopped the semi state and regional, but didn't keep the well, what you're talking it, about there. Yeah, it didn't keep the. I don't know what you would call it the. The same setup with the, you know, having a one A and a four A team or two A and four A team at the same location instead of four A four A. Right. Now, for some I mean, of I, us who like watching four A basketball more than some 1A basketball that may be better <laughs> <laughs> makes for easier decisions um but i would i would say if that it was still we're still having regionals on wednesday nights i think that would be a lot bigger issue if we're the teams are traveling 2 hours and 45 minutes on a wednesday night to have a regional game that's a little bit different but saturday i think it's a little like bit more manageable and traveled up to greensburg on a school night <laughs> That was one of the issues cited. Oh no, that was a Twitter. That was a retweet, uh, a reply to one of my tweets. I was actually at that game. That was a is that a far game. drive? I don't know. That's Southern Indiana. Me, it's all next Cord- to each other. Cordon's far to everywhere, right, Kyler? <laughs> yeah, Cordon's far from Bedford. <laughs> yeah, Cordon's far from everywhere, but New Albany. God forbid, Tell City ever wins a sectional. <laughs> Because those efforts are way the hell down there. <laughs> you go to sixty state road, Interstate sixty four. All of a sudden, you got to go south thirty minutes. It's, I mean, I'm probably embellishing that a little bit, but and then you come around the bend and you see all these lights, and you're thinking, "Oh my god, it's a huge city!" And nope, it's just a big factory. <laughs> Still, the one of the best halftime entertainment places I've ever I've ever been to. So. So where, where do where do Evansville schools then go when they win? Typically, well, in this year's setup, where would they be? I mean, Seymour. I think it's no. Seymour, right? No, well, three A would be Washington. Four uh, A would be is Seymour. Evansville Wrights is there. How and how far are we talking for those kind of drives? Um, is that all? Seymour hour? is probably. Hour forty-five, maybe. Okay. I mean, I've made the drive, sort of, from Interstate sixty-five to Evansville, through some of the back roads because I've done a Eastern Pekin to Evansville rights tour. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it's you know, hazards <laughs> of wanting to go watch your guys that you that play for you play. Um, Gibson Southern, they're at Washington. I mean, you could have just as easily at Washington had Greensburg, or I'm sorry, North Davies versus Gibson Southern. Now, of course, this all gets screwed up if somehow North Davies ends up playing the Greensburg. You know, then somebody's definitely going to have to make a drive. And, well, you just decide, okay, we don't have to do That's just one we got to chalk up to fate. But right now, the Washington Regional, for, for, the, for example, because I do think Greensburg has the longest drive of all the teams this week. Greensburg versus Scottsburg. What if that was at Seymour and then the Evansville Jennings County game was moved to Washington? You know, now Jennings County to Washington's kind of a haul, but now you've got one team with a, a large, a long ass drive versus two teams with a long drive. Because Scottsburg to Washington is not exactly close either. Um, They're not going to please everybody. Oh, that's true. Oh, yeah. This is truly 
I know. an issue. This is just a yearly thing that comes up. Sort of like, you know, why Elkhart area teams have to travel south of US twenty to play in a state in a state tournament game. Like for some reason that's an issue as if plan B is just quit winning. You know? Don't don't go. Like uh, who said that? Kyler, Dominique, yeah. one of you guys. Don't go. It's a Saturday for God's sakes. I realize there are some people who have to work a job on a Saturday um, or can't get off work. I, I understand that. And some families maybe struggle to the point of not being able to get that, you know, to muster up the gas. I, I mean, okay. I, I True. Um, but none of those reasons are ever cited as to why it's just distance. You you, know, you probably can't go to it no matter where it is if you're in those situations, especially the, the work situation. Be glad your team's still playing in regional, or regional time. That's yeah. the way. And the semi-state's always been a problem. Nobody, I don't remember anybody ever complaining about semi-states growing up. You know, you either went to Fort Wayne or you went to, uh, you went to Mackey, you went to um, Seymour, you went to Hinkle. Is that right? Not Seymour, but Hinkle. And then, yeah, not not Seymour. I'm sorry. You went to Fort Wayne Coliseum. You went to Mackey. You went to Hinkle Fieldhouse, or you went to, depending on where it was in the south, you went to Terre Haute, or you went to the Holman Center at Terre Haute, or you went to Roberts Stadium down in Evansville. Was there anything over in that South Bend region area for that, or everything was Fort Wayne up here? No, South Bend, Washington's hosting a 3A semi-state. No, I mean, what, what you were talking about there. You mean for South Bend? No, it was never. Look, what, it, yeah, it was never so you were saying. Day. It was never at the ACC. If that, is that what you're asking? I don't know what I'm asking at this point. I don't remember <laughs> the, it ever being at Notre Dame. I just, you were, at, you were <clears throat> saying like Hinkle and the Holman yeah, Center. Years. Yeah. Different exactly. venues back in the day where there those were the old semi-state not, locations. Not high so was schools. There, was there uh, was there any up in the you know, South Bend region area, or did they have no. to come to Fort Wayne? They'd have That's to go uh, depending on the year. Let's think about this. They would go to well, it varied. For the most part, they went to Fort Wayne. Gotcha. For, uh, for the most part, I believe they went to Fort Wayne. I'd have to, you know, you have to go back and look. Um, it was. Um, But back then they just used colleges because back then they were selling out the colleges. <laughs> they were selling out, you know, I don't, they didn't use assembly hall because I mean, and assembly hall, they, you know, so that, you know, Mackey of all the, the, the ones I named Mackey was the biggest at like 14,000. They were packing that place back in the day. So is that kind of thing an option again with potential a, local high schools hosting it? still like running those events to still make some money maybe i don't know you mean at you at colleges or right right oh like well, you run it you go to grace and run it at grace and it's like warsaw lakeland christians hosting and whoever other local high schools yeah it's not like the ncaa where could you make it that though like iupui hosts the right final four Right, you know they're the they are they're the actual host of the Final Four, even though it's at Lucas Oil. 
but I, I mean, I get what you're saying, but that's not the logistics. The logistics are there's just we've got we've got uh, semi states used to be four team brackets, and there was only four of them. We haven't had that since class basketball. We've had four team semi states, but they've been two separate games, and once the other one game's over, they those people vacate. You know, and the the team for the game two doesn't show up until maybe midway through the third quarter. I mean, some of them do, obviously, but you know what I mean. It doesn't get truly. There's like an overlap of like 20 minutes where the gym is super super packed. You know, and then the the fans from the first game leave, and then the fans from the second game move down or or move into their little area. It's it's not it's not ever going to be like it used to be, just because under this current format we have eight semi-state locations two in each class but with four teams each does that make sense and they're they're picking those based on what again next next week Geog- geography there'll be one in what huntington north so no there's no like drawing of who plays where and against who yeah they're doing that after the regionals yeah that's why i'm at we got to figure out how we're going to handle that from a recording standpoint. We're not going to do a reaction pod. That was, we'll just make that part of our normal. We'll be able to lump the next, next, after next week, we'll be able to lump it all into one podcast. So the semi states are Michigan City, Elkhart, Logansport, Lafayette, Jeff. And then in the south, Newcastle, Southport, Seymour, and Washington. So, so Penn could end up going back to Michigan City, and not even staying in Elkhart, right? Or correct. So it'll just be drawn that way, or whatever. Yeah, and some of that will be based on who they play. So, what if Penn draws Hammond Central? Probably be Michigan City. But but can't won't like like Noblesville could be there too, right? Yeah. That's, oh yeah. That's right. That's what I'm saying. Oh no, like, yeah, yeah, that would be the same. Yeah, that would all be the same. Yeah, now that would be the same semi-state. So now semi-states yeah. are tied. So, so it would be Penn, let's say, <clears throat> no offense to the teams we're not picking. I'm not picking here. Be Penn, Hammond Central, Noblesville, and Kokomo would all be in the same semi-state. So and would they would, would, would they be, just randomly draw it or would they try to make it? I they're gonna I mean, randomly they're gonna randomly draw who they play, but they're going to probably try to pick the location in a judicious or logistic way. Yeah. I mean, Elkhart, Michigan city are way North for the South teams, obviously for no, yeah. For nobles, if it nobles, yeah. Kokomo. Yeah. But that's fine. You know what you won't hear complaints. You won't hear (laughs) complaints out of either one of those teams. No one in Noblesville is going to be like, damn, I wish we didn't have to drive all the way to, yeah. Elkhart. 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 To play <laughs> in a semi-state. Huntington North's not a – they used to be a yeah, they site used to be. for something. Now they're yeah, not. semi-state. I thought that – I don't know. Logistically, would that make more sense there? Like for those teams that meet in Huntington North, kind of halfway? Sure, but it's a smaller gym than Elkhart yeah. and- yeah. I mean, isn't, like, isn't Elkhart like, Michigan City both around 7,700? Yeah. So. Would, wouldn't Huntington North make more sense like this week than Logan Sport for those teams? Mm, I mean, 
Sure. For, for the Fort Wayne teams. Yeah, but, but Fort Wayne move to Kokomo is not too far. It's an hour. Flip it to east. It's an hour. They'd, they'd say it would do more damage to Noblesville than it would help the Fort Wayne schools. Get my drift. It's like, although actually, no, Noblesville it would just go up 37, 69. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's so it's it's six of one, half dozen other there. No, the main ones are down south. Yeah, the main ones are actually yeah, kind of down south, but there just aren't that many major roads. I mean, like if Chesterton had to play in Fort Wayne, I don't think they'd care. They would just scoot across 30. You know, I mean, if Lafayette Jeff had to go to Fort Wayne or had to go to Huntington, who cares? They would scoot across 24. I mean, it's it's a it's outside of a maybe a three or four mile stretch. It's a four lane highway. Down south, you don't have that. There is nothing going east west, other than Interstate sixty four. That is that, uh, that is freeway grade. And are there less choices of bigger gyms down south, also, or not necessarily? Not necessarily. Okay. I mean, you've got you've got the Hatchet House. You've got right. You've got Southridge. You've got um, you've got Seymour, Seymour. obviously. Um, but I just mean like to help out logistically for some some of these games. Yeah, I mean Martinsville is a 5,700 5, seat gym. Bedford's a one. Yeah, Bedford. Yeah, I forgot about Bedford. Bedford's a, definitely yeah. a big gym. Uh, Ligoti is a, a good size gym. Ligoti is the same size as Carmel. Ligoti's yeah, that's massive. Not as not as big as Southridge. Southridge is a little bit bigger than Carmel's. I just I was just thinking like other schools that aren't aren't involved no, this you. weekend. Yeah, I'm with you. Um, yeah, they, they, they could I think have the went South, to instead. The South has good locations. Uh, my favorite gym now is, or well, the Kokomo is my favorite, but Jasper, beautiful gym there. But again, that doesn't mean they want to host. Right. So that's the issue. And Bedford normally hosts uh, a lot of the women's games too, so they're probably tapped yeah. out. I mean, it's like the uh, the fall league I run. I was at Fisher's for two years and I really enjoyed it and 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 they didn't want to do it last year because it's like, well, we already host something before you. We don't want to be in there eight weeks in a row. Like, okay, that makes sense. <laughs> I mean, it's a commitment hosting something and they got to, they got to do a cost analysis based on time and effort. And I mean, you know, it's not like anybody's getting rich off these types of events. We're not, we're not talking about, you know, it's, I don't even know how much rent those schools charge for events like that, for like state tournament games, how that even works. It's a question I, should, I could probably ask. I'm sure each of us knows an AD or two, but. So the bottom line is quit winning your sectional if you want to worry about traveling. <laughs> losing matters. Yeah, losing, <laughs> losing matters. <laughs> All right, Zach, best game of the week. Oh, crud. We're doing that? Oh. Um, That's what we're here for. <laughs> we're not doing pick'ems yet. Okay. Um, shoot. Probably the Michigan City-Laporte game right. Saturday. That was supposed to be Friday, right? Is that what we happened up here? Yeah. Um, yeah, Michigan City-Laporte at Laporte. That's a huge rivalry, rivalry game for those guys. Uh, Michigan City came out pretty hot in that one. 
report fought back behind Kyle Kirkham, senior guard for them, uh, and ended up still losing. But Michigan City finished strong, played well the entire game. Uh, Jamie Hodges had a great game. They ended up losing last night, though, to Mishawaka. But, yeah, I guess I'll go with Michigan City Laporte. Who who do you think would win that? None of us picked Mishawaka for the – No. We'll talk about our pick success or lack of success um, in the regional pick pod when, when John's joining us. Any uh, – Mishawaka, Michigan City, was that a surprise? Like the the winner of that game specifically, I think so. Just because I I went to the game that was at Mishawaka, Michigan City beat him at Mishawaka yeah. earlier in the year, and I to me Mishawaka's schedule wasn't that tough this year either. So they yeah, won the games I, they should have and got beat pretty bad in a lot of the games. I, they yeah, I didn't notice that. I was doing a little bit of just yeah. a smidge of research for the sectional pick'em and and they they've got yeah their schedules. Yeah, it's it wasn't there was some like you said there were some okay wins and there were some bad losses. Yeah, and and they don't have they don't really have like a dude either. No dudes. No dudes. Dominique, what was your favorite your best game of the week? Uh, Saturday night championship game between Wayne and Homestead um, at Columbia City. Um. Really, really good game. Wayne just beat Homestead a few weeks before that, an overtime at Homestead. And, um, yeah, it was back and forth. Will Jamison for Homestead was was the man for them. I mean, he he had 29. They couldn't really stop him from getting to a spot. Um, it was really a two-man show. I mean, it was for Homestead. Will Jamison and Kyron Kapwiki. Um they were really, you know, a couple of guys I was sitting with turned around and was like, man, really seems like Homestead got two guys. And, that, I mean, that's really all who scored for him. Um, let's see. Jameson had 29, Kalpuiki had 15, and Leaper had five. Um, and then for Wayne, it was Chase Barnes, man. He was really good. Uh, had 22. And uh, he's got the best pull-up jumper I've seen, not named Marcus Burton. Uh, I mean, he, he doesn't care if there's a guy on him, two guys, I and mean, he just rises up. And you can tell he's been in the gym uh, working. And I, I love guys like that where you can tell their skill level is keeps improving, and his has. He, he was really good. Javon Lewis was really good. He hit the game winner right at the buzzer. Had a court storming gym for you. Um, he had a nice – about three dribbles from the – He's left-handed. He was on the right wing, three dribbles, front to the left elbow, stopped, pump faked, two guys for Homestead jumped. He gathered himself and went up, hit the front of the rim, back of the rim, bounced around and went in right at the buzzer. So great, great ending to the game. Wayne pulled it out, and uh, it was a really good game. Uh, mine was – Probably Zionsville Fishers, just because of of just how um, much Harrelson and Imes went at each other. I mean, the Noblesville Westville game was tight, 
Carmel Westfield game was tight. Neither were extremely well played games. Or eh, I shouldn't say it like that. Neither were particularly exciting games. The Zionsville Fisher game was was good. Fisher's had an early lead, and you start thinking, okay, Zionsville's kind of laid an egg the last two years. And you know, we go down this principle of okay, well, Jalen Henderson's probably the best talent on the court, and we we do that thing, and and I certainly am a big believer in that. And it's specifically, I think Harrelson was the, probably the most talented player in that sectional. And Imes was just like, no, screw that man. <laughs> and just the back and forth, they guarded each other. I mean, everything you could have wanted in a, in that game, you got. Other than maybe, problem. yeah, other than maybe who you wanted to win or, or, um, and I'll get more into the I'm stuff later. But you know, other than maybe who you wanted to win, if that mattered to you, didn't necessarily matter to me. I mean, I was happy. I was kind of hoping after Carmel got beat that you know Coach Howe would get a sectional. It's just, I mean, he hasn't had a chance to win one yet. Um, and you know, Zionsville's had some rough luck in, in during their Carmel sectional attempts. That when they were going through Lafayette, Jeff, they were, I think they pulled out a couple of them, but um, no, it was, it was a good game. I mean, it, it was, you know, Reek Hark had some foul trouble, but he still made some big plays late. Um, you know, you had Hayden Metzger got off to a slow start. No, that was the game he didn't recover. That was the first the game against Southeastern. He didn't have a – he had a slow start, and then he came out and put up, I think, 12 or something in the second half. And against Zionsville, he, he did struggle. Um, you know, a lot of it was just – you can really – you know, and, of course, one of the nice things about sitting at those media tables is you can hear the coaches on both sides talk to their benches – you know, and hear what what matters to them, and and just seeing them make adjustments, and and again, we'll get to it. I'll get to it later, but basically, Coach Howell at Zionsville just decided, Logan, here's the ball. Everybody else, get out of the way. And that's oh, that was a pretty bad call at the end, right? I mean, yeah. I was Long watching on the stream. Call. Oh, Zion. Oh, I'm's tackled. Yeah, yeah. I'm's... No call. Oh Line yeah, down. yeah, it was bad. It was a bad call. It was all in all, it was a poorly officiated sectional. It just was. I mean, not every single official, but it was just a poorly officiated sectional. And I'm glad that one of the guys I know that doesn't has done a state championship game did a great job. There wasn't anything whole lot wrong with what he called. I mean, sort of they missed some things, but there were some egregious calls. Missed some egregious calls made, and just wasn't a very very well officiated sectional. And I sat by an official last night at the uh, Garen Catholic Chatard game, who doesn't who officiates and and he absolutely agreed with me. It was a poorly officiated sectional, and I don't know what the HSA does about making sure the best officials run the best games. Um, but there just were a couple guys out of place in in that sectional, and um, that call specifically was I don't know how in the hell you missed that. I just don't. I mean, I mean, Imes pulled him down. It looked like Imes was intentionally fouling him. Too. Yeah, that's what I was gonna say. That's and what I was gonna say. 
and he wasn't. <laughs> it was like he Harrelson was he was just like, all right, at a certain point, he was gu- trying to stay in front. And then he was just like, all right, let me just take this foul quick and kind of uh, wrapped him up. And then one ball goes out of bounds and it's like out on Harrelson. Like, what? I think that's probably the most accurate assessment of what happened, Dominique. I think <laughs> they both were kind of losing their balance. And I just pulled him down. No, no call. I love the Weiner technical. Love it. And then Weiner gets a technical right away. Coat comes off. Nice coat, by the way. I'm gonna throw that in there. That was. It is a very dapper. It is a very dapper coaching staff, isn't it? Next time I see him, I'm gonna ask him about that coat because they. They, uh, It's it's. uh, I mean, it's it's look, it's their colors. I mean, right, Coolman goes with the ugly green jacket about it used to and be before, worse at north before that he had the ugly orange jacket over at Northrop, <laughs> but you know what that's fine i remember back i mean again i'm old enough to remember when games were in the 70s and coaches were dressed up like dressed wearing plaid suits <laughs> it was some bad stuff not sweatsuits yeah not sweatsuits no um but no fisher's very uh very well appointed coaching staff so i mean it's it's fine nothing wrong with mixing and matching and uh, everything's got a little bit of red in it and that's their colors and very, very dapper coaching staff. And, um, you know, I fired that jacket, man. He did. Yeah. That jacket <laughs> covered that jacket tested well. At the like a ball of fire. Tested well at the <laughs> NFL combine. <laughs> yeah. Nice jacket. He definitely wins best jacket of the league. Yeah. He was, uh, probably the best dressed coach. I, well, I guess I was just – I got, I was at three sectionals. I mean, he was definitely the best-dressed coach of any of the games I saw last week. Um, I mean, that doesn't – but, yeah, he was um, – he was a little bit upset. Deser- deservedly so. Yes. I mean, I don't know. Look, and and I think the – I got to remember, would the call have been travel on Harrelson? Could that have been a call? I, I got to remember that. I don't know that – if. I guess since we're all kind of talking about, or three of us are kind of talking about it, that we we each saw it either I think real it was, time. It's a foul. I mean, I don't. The technical didn't keep Fishers from winning the game. It was what was it four point game when that happened, and then it it was. So Harrison could have cut it to two less less than like forty seconds, I think, too. Yeah. And then and then yeah, there was the technical, and then. Got the but ball, some, obviously. So for some reason, I thought good for Garrett. Go get it, you know. Like, I mean, he, first of all, he was right. <laughs> yeah. Which it of course funny. doesn't. Which of course doesn't help in this. I, I just hate to see officials miss a call so badly and then have a coach. At, John Ashworth got a technical in the in the Fishers game. Two really bad calls in a row. And I mean, I hate harping on officials. I mean, I I do because not an easy gig. The 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 Garen Catholic Shatard game was extremely well officiated. You know, there were times where both coaching staffs didn't feel that way. But I also know we've got really good official, really good officials at at not as good sectionals. Sorry to put it that way, but just. There's got to be a better. There was an official at Muncie Central who couldn't get up and down the court, and I don't know how. And that, and that game wasn't. I'm glad it didn't impact the game, 
but it, I mean, it's just, there's got to be something there where we've got making sure we've got good officials uh, and not just their good old, you know, their good old boy system. That, that's the part that has to change. They can talk about official crisis all they want, but there's two things they can do better. They can, they can figure out a way to pay better. And I, and we're not going to be able to solve all the world's problems here tonight. They can figure out a way to pay better and they can figure out a way to dip into these facilities and snag some of these young referees that are coming up that want to be officials that don't just want to work, you know, games on the weekends at best choice or optional or sport one or where, you know, the courts and Valpo. Um, but I mean, there's dudes that are pursuing college versus trying to work their way up the, the ladder because it's easier to go to the college route than it is to become a state, uh, a, you know, a move up the ranks in the state tournament official. And that's just wrong. It's just not good for the game. Didn't we have another official issue at Valpo? No. Oh, somebody, it, uh, didn't some official grab some kid by the arm? Yeah. Yeah. Kind of was, that, going was that Valpo? Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Well, don't know the circumstances, but that can't be a good idea. I, as a coach, I mean, you, whoever showed that one of you guys put it on our Slack, my, my reaction was immediately don't touch my player, you know, blow your whistle, use your method of communication, blow your whistle and, and talk to him or come talk to me as the coach. Don't, don't touch my player. You definitely don't need to grab my player. That's definitely not your, your, your job's not as, you're not his father. You're you're not of any real authority over him, but yeah, yeah, it wasn't good. Kyler, what was your best game? So I'll go with the game before that one. I'll go with Westfield and Knowlesville. I agree with you; it wasn't the prettiest game, but uh, I thought intensity wise, it was it was pretty up there. Um, you know, I, Westfield kind of controlled that game for the most part. I would mm-hmm. say, especially in the first half. I mean, Sam Bishop went off. He was, I mean, you can make an argument he was the player of the game, at least for three quarters. Um, I mean, hitting shot after shot, I mean, three after three. He, he was, was a great. basket. Yeah, getting to the, yeah, too. I mean, and, you know, overall, I thought Noblesville did a great job um, on Alex Romack. I mean, kind of took him out of the game for the most part. Um, you know, once it got, Noblesville got the lead kind of, you know, within five, six, Seven, somewhere around there, you know, Luke Almodovar really took over, which, you know, Noblesville really needed. Um, he was hitting big shots, especially down the stretch. Um, you know, Aaron Fine had some good had some good buckets, too, as well. Um, overall, I just thought it was a pretty fun, intense game. Um, you know, Noblesville obviously ended up winning that sectional. Um, and I think what was the final score? I think Noblesville won by two. Um, Against Westfield, Luke, yeah. Luke had a – well, Romack had a heave. Yeah, and it it was kind of close, right? Yeah, hit the rim. Yeah, I mean. Yeah, and Hunter, Hunter Walston was the main defender there on Romack. But they also doubled him at times, and, and that's something that I don't remember Carmel doing a whole lot, of, if at all. Kyler, who was your best team? Best of the team. Week, of the week. I'm going to go with Kokomo. Um okay. I, I can't think of the final score. I know they won by like twenty something. I think I know they called the game early because we they had won them. by thirty four. Won by thirty four. There it is. Um, 
yeah, Kokomo, they were uh they were pretty solid from start to finish in their game. Um, you know, Flory Badunga was, you know, he was Flory Badunga. Um, and then you had Shane Spear, who I thought stepped up well. Um, he had some big threes, big threes, and Marion, you know, they just did not have the size. Um they just did not have the size to match up with Flory. And, you know, pretty much that whole team. Patrick Hardyman was very good as well. Um yeah, it was a I mean it was great, great performance by Kokomo. I mean, took care of business. And uh, you know, shame what happened at the end of the game there. Um, hope everybody's all right with that. But um I, I think they both were fine. Yeah, I, I mean it was it was hot in that gym. I'm not gonna lie. Um, probably over 70 degrees. Um, and then you know, right before that happened, Flory Badunga went four possessions in a row, you know, just having a dunk fest. And you know, the crowd was <laughs> as about as hype as you could get. Um, and I think their their body temperature just kind of couldn't handle it. So, um, and that was also my first time at the Kokomo gym. So really? I, it's a great I gym. Was, I loved it. I loved my time there. I sat right next to Jeff Rab Johns, and we just talked the whole time, and um, it was great. Uh, I had fun. I had fun Saturday night. Cool, Dominique. What was your best team of the week? I'm going with Bishop Dwinger. Um, they got the. Uh... They won their sectional, but um, really, I like I said before, like in our sectional pick them pod, like they're tricky, man. They they play Concordia really good all the time. They got really good size. You know, Preston Roberts had a really good week. Um, watched a little bit of their game against Heritage. He had 22 on Heritage. He had a Preston, big time dunk. Preston Ross. Preston Ross. What did I say, <laughs> Roberts? Yeah. Okay, my bad. Preston Ross. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> 22 against Heritage, big time dunk against them. And then against Concordia, they won 36 to 33. Real ugly game, but he had 21 and seven, right? So he had a really good game against Concordia as well. And then uh, I don't know if you guys saw it or not, but uh, they hit the game winner against uh, Concordia on a on a crazy play. Did you guys see that or no? Mm-mm. They. Uh, Let's see here. Pull it up. Um, Aislinn Nolan, a sophomore for Dwanger. They inbounded it from uh, three-quarter court. Yeah. And uh, caught it at half court, took one dribble, run it from about 34 feet, 35 feet, running one-handed three and drained it and got another court storming for you. (laughs) Great ending to that game. Yeah, my no court storming policy is not necessarily popular, but that's fine. <laughs> Zach, who was your best team? Um, <clears throat> I don't know if I'm give Mich- give Mishawaka some love, maybe. Okay. I know I talked talked to Bottom, said they didn't have really a dude. I should guess I should clarify what I mean by dude. I mean like a guy that you're really gonna key on they don't have like a marcus burton obviously nobody has a marcus burton but uh or just go by their sectional and their regionals like a tyler Parrish or a, a jordan woods they don't have a dude like that they just they're they're a really solid solid team uh guys that can play ball art jones is actually marcus burton's cousin so little little blood there uh arthur jones is pretty tough for mishawaka uh 
I wanted to say Penn, but I'll stay away from Penn. But Mishawaka just has kind of, I think, overachieved a little bit this this uh, postseason. Or maybe probably not to them, but we kind of just talked about a little bit ago, right? Like Michigan City, we thought was going to win that. Uh, but Michigan, Mishawaka was the better team. So Brady Fisher, uh, they, they got some guys that are solid, really good role players. So Mishawaka. Well, we, we, we picked three different teams to win that sectional and none of us got it right. So <laughs> clearly we don't respect Mishawaka this year. Um, my best team, I guess, would be Noblesville. And in, in large part, the the defensive effort that they gave that has eluded them the last couple of years. And, you know, those, you know, a lot of those guys now are, you know, experienced varsity kids two, three years in. And, you know, they they put it together when it mattered. They they had some nice wins during the year. Um I'm not surprised that they won sectional at all. Um, I, I I was on record during our pick'em draw that I would be shocked if Westfield beat Carmel. I'll be damned if it didn't happen. Um, and then in beating Westfield, like I mentioned earlier, with with when Kyler had, was talking about the game against Westfield, they did a great job on Romac. Hunter Walston was the the main catalyst there. Uh, they did a great job on Rehart, Rickhart against you know Zionsville. Um, that's two years in a row that he struggled against Noblesville. Um, but you know, and you know, low post play is just it's, it's rough at the high school level. You know, unless you're Flory Badunga, you know, and you can play right at the rim the whole time. It's it's not. But you know, you look at what Rehart did to Badunga. When they play, when Zionsville played Kokomo, some of it could just be a, in large part where a lot of his catches were were against Badunga. Most of his catches were in the mid post or higher. Now he does a lot of high post stuff for them. They run some offense through him, um, but against Noblesville, everything was just him trying to post up right at the rim, and it just wasn't wasn't super successful. And it just would have been nice to see him do get some more mid post touches where he could face and you know because one of the baskets he scored was him taking his time you know on a double move and and he had space to do it but no I mean credit to Noblesville they did a great job on him um, for the whole game and they made Imes work I mean Imes was going to pull an Eric Gordon there for a while Eric Gordon's junior year for anybody that doesn't know or remember Scored 55 points on Noblesville in the semifinal and then came back the next night with, you can tell, dead legs and really struggled against Carmel in the sectional final. This year, Imes goes out, puts 33 up on Fishers and comes out in the first half against Noblesville. You know, Noblesville had him down 18, 19 points. And, you know, Zionsville worked their way back in. Uh, but then at the end, Noblesville, you know, held them off, was able to create just enough turnovers. And Zionsville really wasn't hitting from the outside. Imes was the only one that was going for them. And, uh, you know, again, we can talk a little bit more about him later. So, Dominique, who was your best player of the week? We're going Chase, Chase Barnes uh, from Wayne. Uh, talked to him a little bit earlier, but. 
Yeah, like I said, he had 22. Uh, definitely was the their best player that night. And like I said before, just I love seeing guys who put work in. He works out with – he gets trained by Molly or Jamal Howe here in Fort Wayne. And uh, you can just tell his skill level just keeps rising. Um, like I said, he was just – I mean, all – didn't matter who was guarding him, how many guys he was pulling up and just draining – jumpers all night he had a nice move to the rim where he had to change direction and spin towards the baseline kind of faded out of bounds hit a shot got people off their feet um yeah he was he, he was really good he's got a western michigan offer right now i believe i think that's his only d1 offer right now is that i believe so that's far. yeah yeah but he, I, th- I think you know as long as he keeps improving i think more is more is going to be more offers are going to be coming and and uh interested to see how he how he does this weekend zach who was your best player performance uh marcus burton marcus burton had 37 in the championship game yep uh, against northridge uh he had 36 saturday night against goshen and then he had just a triple double on uh Tuesday against Elkhart with 14 points, 10 rebounds, and 11 assists. Uh, so he's he's going to be my guy. Uh, he just took the game over last night. Wait, last night. What is this? This is Tuesday. Holy yeah, smoke. last night. Yeah, yeah. It's <laughs> <laughs> it was weird. It was. I mean, it's happened. Not the first time we've had sex in the finals <laughs> on Monday nights, but it was still weird. Yeah, I felt like I was re- uh, I was retweeting all these games across the state, and I felt like God, everybody playing tonight. Yeah, it was, it was <laughs> weird. Uh, but but yeah, he took the game over last night with the thirty seven. Uh, got it done at the foul line. Got it done on the de- defensive end. Uh, just took care of the ball. Got his teammates involved. Just it was a really good night for him as as usual. I mean, we've been saying that a lot this year. So Marcus Burton. Mr. Basketball. MB, Mr. Basketball. I'm yeah, going MB3. before I'm going before Kyler, so he can't take mine. Um <laughs> Logan Imes. Uh, a couple times on Twitter used the word brilliant, especially against Fishers. He was in complete control of that game. Um, you know, not not that not that Zionsville was in complete control. And and obviously there were times where Fishers was up by seven or eight. And you and again early in that game, you're thinking, oh no, you know. You know, you hope it turns around again. At that point, no dog in the hunt as far as who wins or loses. For me, you just want to see good games, and it, it definitely became a good game. And then it became definitely the second half it was <laughs> Logan Imes versus Jalen Harrelson, and Imes won every aspect of that game, every single aspect of it. And that's and look, we've often credited Kyler, Dominique last year. Zach and I talked a lot about. Um, how Jalen always wants that tough matchup. He always wants it. He doesn't hide. He doesn't doesn't take plays off. There's a lot to like about him as a kid, as a player. And then Iams just took it to him and stuck it to him. So that's as impressive as Jalen normally is. That's how impressive Logan was in putting 33 on him. And did it in a variety of ways. A lot of it was involving Rehart with ball screens and, and handoffs and and using that body, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and the knock on Imes, the, the knock on Imes from a high major perspective has been 
can he get his own shot ever? Now, maybe it, you know, maybe you don't always have to, if you're a facilitator and, and, you know, it's, it's, um, it's kind of a nitpicky thing, but you, you know, when you're going to play at that level, you're going to play in the big 10, you've got to look at some point, you're going to have to go out and be able to get one, especially if you're going to play a lot on a team that that is competing for a big 10, you know, top the big 10 conference. And there were situations I referred to it earlier where Zionsville's offense was create space for Logan, let, let Logan cook. And, he beat Harrelson in those situations. A couple times he got by, got by him in one dribble. And you know, credit again, credit to Logan. I mean, physically, he's going to be a strong guard. He's six four. I mean, most people know who he, you know, know what he is right now. But he's he's definitely strong enough. He, he's going to be able to put on weight and compete at that level. Um, he definitely is going to have everything he needs from the neck up. And and Harrelson is such a physical defender and such a smart defender that any little mistake in footwork, I'm's exploited. Any mistake. And he was hitting shots. He was hitting a variety of shots. He was finishing in different ways. Just all really, truly impressive. And, you know, and really a lot of the same in the second half against Noblesville. I mean, he was... He was their comeback. And, you, you know, you don't want to pin it. Look, you know, the, Zionsville had had times this year where Snively, uh, Drew Snively and McGuire Mitchell, especially in the Kokomo game, where those guys came out, so much attention's on Imes and Rehart that that those two guys were going to get open looks. And in big games during the regular season, they hit those shots. And in the sectional, they did not hit. McGuire, Mitchell got going a little bit against Noblesville. But other than that, they really didn't hit. And it, and it Rehart struggled. He had foul trouble against um, – Who the hell did they play? Forget <laughs> Noblesville. Foul trouble against Fishers. And then came out against Noblesville. Did not play – did not produce. Left a lot of points on the, on the rim. Literally on the rim. And – it had to be Imes, and he answered every call. Now, Telker, if I'm pronouncing his last name correctly, he hit some big shots in both games, especially against Fishers. But it, it was just Imes the whole time, and he was impressive. And, you know, he's he's he would have been one of those kids, a lot like Braden Smith last year, he would have been one of those kids I would have liked to see get over the hump. Um, just for all the things that he's been able to do for Zionsville. So you kind of questioned him before sectionals too, didn't you? A little bit. Well, I mean, he's just last two years he's not been great. Right, right. And you know, there were people at the carnival gym talking about that too. Not a lot, but but some. I mean, he's not been he's not been good the last two years in the sectionals. I mean, they've lost their last two games. Last year they got demolished by Noblesville. And as, as a freshman, we touched on – I touched on this a little bit during the Pick'em, the sectional Pick'em pod, but as a freshman, he was their spark. As a freshman, a lot of us thought he should have played more. And Coach Busick finally put him in or gave him, you know, gave him, you know, extended minutes. He turned the tide of that game against Fishers. And in the last two years, last year especially was probably disappointing. You know, because, look, your sophomore year, that's your first year of being the guy. Okay, that's that's understandable. 
you know, you're, you're still two years younger than everybody, you know, you're still two years younger than the best teams. Um, you know, Noblesville, you know, especially, well, the sophomore year, I can't remember who they lost to, but, but, you know, when Noblesville was locked in and they're locked in defensively, they can, and they can be physical. Just last year, they hadn't been consistently. And then this year they have been, they've been, a, they've been a much better, much more mature team as a whole. Um, and, you know, of course this time of year, you're going to, you're going to always give your best. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I'm just struggled the last two years. And I, I know the tweet that I put, put out was I, I, I have questioned whether or not he could be a guy on a, on a, top half big 10 team. That's probably the best way to say that. And I, I wondered, and you know, he went a long way in this sectional. I know it's just two games, but he went a long way in this sectional and really the way he played against Kokomo earlier in the year. Um, he's, he's gone a long way in some big games this year of proving that he, he belongs. I'm not saying he's going to go tear up the big 10. He's not going to go up there and be the next, you know, hood Shafino or even have the kind of freshman impact that, Braden Smith has had, but but he's he's going to be a guy that that Coach Shrewsbury can probably count on, and I I think physically he's always been able to be that guy. I think he's at worst he was going to be a good distributor, you know, somebody who can handle the ball and be smart and make good decisions. And but but you know now you're starting to see maybe there's a playmaker in there, and and a guy who, um, if he's if he's getting if he's hitting his outside shot can then be able to get downhill and make and finish finish plays. So. Kyler, after probably, um, I don't know that I stole your guy, but I wanted to go. So I, I was going to pick him before the show, but I decided to go a different route. I'm going to go. Yes. With, I'm going to go with Flory Bedunga. That's not bad. Twenty, yeah, pretty easy one right now. Uh, twenty points, sixteen rebounds, six block shots, three assists, and Kokomo sectional championship win. Um, I mean, obviously, best player on the floor. Um, poor Marion, they threw three, four guys at him at a time at some points. And, I mean, there was just no no stopping him. Um, the thing that just impresses me so much with him, and it's just he, he looks like he's having fun out there. You know, it never looks like basketball is a drag for him or anything like that. He's having fun on the floor. Um, and, it, like, basketball just comes easy to him. So, and then once he put that, you know, that dunk fest on, you know, towards the end of the game, I mean – He's just an incredible prospect. Um, he was great in their cha- in their championship win. Um, he's he's just he's awesome. Not much more you can say. You ever seen him though when he goes like three or four possessions without a touch? I'm talking. Super, I'm not talking like transition stuff where they, they get super you. frustrated. He looks That's over. Right? He looks over at Peck like side. Like, come on, dude. <laughs> My thing is like I I love. He, and he's and not he questioning calls, John. He's not questioning John, and he's not. Look, he's not picking on his teammates either. It's just like, come on, man. I'm a, I'm out here. Yeah. People are hanging on me. I'm still getting open, and I'm not getting the ball. Yeah, it's, Run, it's a, I'm running the floor a million miles an hour. Like, yeah. Yeah. Give me the There's ball. There's nothing to not like about that kid. Oh, and I, I one one. I don't remember what it was. It might have been a three second call on him or something. I don't know. Um, but I just he had the biggest smile on his face going up to the ref and just talking to him and everything. I mean. He's a great kid. I mean, not there's not a whole lot you can just hate about him. Well, and and I got to look up Carson. Carson Rogers 
is his backup would probably start. What a I, different school I was mean, impressed by him. Yeah, was, he does some good things. He does. He he's a good you know backup for Flory. I will say that. I mean, I think there's times they could play together. They easily could. They, they did a few times. Questioning my boy Peck and Paul. <laughs> I guess that's who I'm rooting for from now on, right? Yes. Rooting, I'm for, the Co- rooting for the Kokomo Evansville Wright State Finals. <laughs> oh, I can't. I don't want to see Lynchy lose. I don't know. Low probability of that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, whoa, no, there's, whoa. That, there's that. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> Teaser. <laughs> um, yeah. I'm, all right. Well, that's, I guess that's here's the next point. Where's everybody going this week? Chicago. Oh, that's right. You got to go to the Big Ten Oof. tournament. Wow. Sucks to be you. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be in Michigan City. You're going there. Dominique, where are you going? It's up in the air right now. Up in the air. We make yeah. sure we email. You got to eat. This is when you get to start emailing people. We got uh, uh, we got other circumstances in the way right now. So okay, uh, that's fine. That's fair. I think I'll be at Southport, and then I'll probably make my way over to over to uh, Greenfield, watch a little Park Heritage in Northeastern. Nope, I'm not going to do that one. That's the same time as Southport. <laughs> I'll end up at Lapel probably watching Wapahani and Carol Flora. At seven o'clock. That's the plan, at least. I don't think I'm making my way down to Seymour for Bloomington North, Columbus North. I don't think I can make it to Kokomo in time. I don't know. Or Logansport in time. We're doing, uh, we're doing locks this week? We're doing little teasers? No, to, to... no because we're doing pickups. Okay. So. No teasers, okay. No, no, no teasers. teasers. <laughs> any, uh, any super big surprises? In in terms of winning, in terms of winning, I've I mean I've got a couple, but not necessarily in single games. Like again, I again I know I said I'd be shocked if Westfield beats Carl. Clearly, I was wrong. Any super, like, I mean, Mishawaka probably comes as close to that as any, right? I'm picking a single game because it was it should be talked about. Carl Carol gets beat by thirty plus by North Northside at home. Yeah. Um, on their home court. That was shocking. They just, beat, they just beat Northside a couple weeks before that, and they lose by 30-plus. That's a little, I don't know, that's a little surprising to me. Carol missing anybody? I guess it could be. No. I mean, they say it didn't have to be, but. No, they they were not missing anyone. Oh, I'm, I was a little shocked that, uh, just a little bit shocked. I was a little shocked that Heritage Hills got beat by Washington. Yeah. Yeah, it's a little disappointed too. I'm not gonna lie, I wanted to see them versus because you were you were heading down there. Yeah, the gamble of sectionals. Yeah, the the Center Grove sectional was weird because you got, I mean, Bloomington North just utterly destroyed Mooresville. Center Grove utterly destroyed Bloomington South. I mean, it was twenty four to two, twenty to two. It's definitely twenty to two. And then Bloomington North in a tight game. I guess them beating Center Grove isn't that isn't that big of a deal. But I, I was surprised that I just haven't seen much from Bloomington North Scars. Now again, it's been early in the year. I haven't seen them since the beginning, you know, early part of the year. 
perhaps that uh, there there could definitely be some massive you know some improvement but I think uh I think the young guns at Mount Vernon deserve a shout out. They beat yeah, Muncie they Central by 30 and then they beat Anderson by one and got beaten the championship by by New Pal, but I think they definitely deserve some some talk. I mean, if we're giving a shout, if we're giving shout out South of Washington, right? Got oh, over, yeah. Got yeah, over that yeah. hump against Marion now. And yeah. Even even John Glenn, Coach Hannah, beat Tippy Valley, beat Culver Academy. Yeah, did yeah. we write them off for dead? <laughs> did did I or did we? <laughs> I mean I picked Tippy in that thing, so I, I know, but I'm on. saying no, I'm saying no, we. Yeah. yeah. I mean Oh yeah, we did for sure. Because last year they were what one of the final teams undefeated. Yeah. And this uh, year they started the year out like yeah. one and four or one. Somebody I think they somebody... only brought one guy back. But... Yeah. And that was Bryson was the only one they brought that brought back. Hannah, yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. But uh, South Bend Washington's going to get a chance to revenge that blowout loss. Didn't they lose by like thirty to? To them, to Glenn, yeah, yeah. Glenn already beat him once this year. Jeez. And remind 52, me to 52, remind me to let John know um, that um, O'Shea Mason wants a reconsideration as to who the best player in in the Cascade sectional was this past week. <laughs> he wants to revisit that situation. If you don't know who O'Shea Mason is, I'm not going to tell anybody. Man, Cal's beat Morgan Township. Those who know know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yes, they did. Sweet revenge. Couch. Sweet revenge. I told you guys not to sleep on Couts. <laughs> did you pick him? No, but oh, he, he, he's, he's driving the Morgan so. Township bus. He can't pick Couts. Nobody's picked, on, we all picked Morgan bus. Township. <laughs> okay, I don't pick Morgan sleep Township. On and kudos to, kudos to Dominique for uh, rolling in the Bethany Christian girls' <laughs> Let's go. State final defeat into somehow a boys sectional. <laughs> weren't there weren't there two of those and the other one didn't go so well, right? Mor- Morgan Morgan Township, yeah. Yeah, yeah Morgan Township. They didn't, they didn't well, but hey, I think Connorsville getting beat round one again is kind of yeah, surprising. Pretty good, though. I, I told you the fighting Sean Sellers were going to win that sectional. You did. Logan yeah. Sports or Lawrenceburg's pretty good, so. Man, you do, right, we, uh, okay. Purdue over Norwell, Purdue, Purdue over Norwell is a tough one. That is. That doesn't. Uh, that's actually doesn't surprise, one. but that's, yeah, that's, that's what I mean. Yeah, that's not a surprise. I mean, that's those are all that. That's just really like all my dudes were in really strong sectionals. It kind of <laughs> Evansville rights is the only guy left <laughs> for me. Um, all those dudes were in tough sectionals. Oak Hill. Brutal sectional. That's the biggest big surprise. <laughs> Eastern, Eastern big brutal sectional. Carmel brutal sectional. Of course, no one feels bad for them. I get it, but still, <laughs> Newcastle not not nah, not brutal. Give it up. Give it up to my stars for going down swinging. Oh Love man, it. they should have won that. Yeah, man, they they were, really they blew were it. They, were they up ten with like I don't know? Was, they were up and yeah. That's that's Man. the big curse right there. So they probably yeah. put somebody related to Kyler in at that point. And... <laughs> oh man! I'll tell you what: the one person in the play underneath me, or that was related to me, my brother. I thought he was pretty good back in the day. 
back in the day. Nice. Well, I meant I meant this weekend, not, not <laughs> ten years ago. Yeah. <laughs> All right, guys, that about wraps it up. We had a couple of misfires tonight with the uh, audio equipment or with my internet, I guess. So we're a little bit later in the evening than we thought. So we'll uh, we'll come back to a regional pick'em, and then next week we'll we'll get back to one. We'll get back to doing everything in one. Um, but we're gonna probably wait. Well, this week. Well, no this this week we gotta wait till after the regional draw to record. So it'll will be Sunday mm. evening. If everybody's cool with that, so we can talk more about that offline. All right, guys. Thanks, man. See you. Okay.